Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Uh, you may recognize we've got a new banner up, and it's that time of the year, my favorite time of the year, time to celebrate God's faithfulness, God's goodness to us. In 1970, a songwriter by the name of Henry Smith uh, wrote what is now a very well-known course and one of the favorites in North America, and it's a simple little course that says, Give Thanks. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because he's given Jesus Christ. Repeat. And then it goes into, and now let the weak say I am strong. Let the poor say I am rich. Because, you know it, because of what the Lord has done for us. We give thanks to you, O Lord. We give thanks. Smith had just graduated from university. He had a degree and was all excited about his new career, and the sad thing is, is he couldn't find a job. No matter how hard he looked, nothing was available. And to make matters worse, he discovered that he had a serious disease uh, in his eyes, macular degeneration. And so here he is without a job, and his eyesight's going. And this is a man who writes songs, Distressed and disturbed, he went into prayer and he said, God, I don't, I don't get it, I don't understand this. And during that time of prayer in the presence of the Lord, God showed him that, that God was greater than his problems. And so he sat down and began to write that song, Give Thanks with a Grateful Heart. And when it came to the part where it says, And now let the weak say I am strong, that was him. God never was there a weaker man. That was his... That was his feeling. That was his prayer. And when it came to the part where it says, let the poor say I am rich, he recognized that even though he was poor and had so little, he was indeed rich. Why? Because of Jesus Christ. Why was he strong? Because of Jesus Christ. Now, here's the interesting thing. In the midst of his problems and his difficulties, rather than staying focused on his lack of uh, provision, you might say, rather than focusing on his poor health, he decided to focus on God. Now, before we go any further, I want to remind everybody that really this is the essence of Christianity. This is what it means to be a follower of Christ, is that regardless of your circumstances, you get your eyes focused on God and let God be God. And so that's what he did. Well, lo and behold, this song that was written out of, his, out of his poverty and out of his weakness went on to become, of course, as you know, one of the favorite songs uh, ever written in the last 30, 40 years. Here we are in, in 2014, and that song written in 1970 is still being sung. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. This song has, as it turns out, has met all his needs. The royalties from that and the few songs he wrote after that is what gave him a good living. Now, I want you to see what the Holy Spirit is saying to us through this simple, simple story. In the midst of your struggle, in the midst of your difficulty, the temptation is to focus on your problems, to take matters into your own hands, and to actually... Uh, for you to start doing whatever you, whatever you think you need to do in order to make your life what it needs to be. 
God is saying, let me take charge of your life. Let me show you what to do. Let me help you with whatever it is that you're going through. That's really what we're going to be talking about today and next week. We're going to talk about what it means to focus on God and allow God to meet your needs. For Henry Smith, it's been 40 years of living off the royalties of that song, and all because he focused on God. Now, I want you to ask yourself a question this morning. Am I a grateful person? Look at your spouse or the person you're sitting beside this morning and ask them, just whisper to them, am I a grateful person, do you think? Go ahead, see what happens. No, no. I'm seeing wives shake their head. (laughs) Am I a complainer? I think you can answer those questions yourself. Are you a grateful person or are you a complainer? What is your default setting? Because here's what I know. I know that all of us are either in the habit of complaining or we are in the habit of giving thanks, of being grateful. This morning what we want to do is we want to to get aligned with the heart of Christ. We want to get aligned with what God wants to do in us. And so this morning we're going to look to the psalmist and learn from him this art of gratitude. So... Look what it says here in Psalm 92, verses 1 to 2. And it says, it is good to say thank you to the Lord. Did you hear that? It is good to say thank you to the Lord, to sing praises to God who is above all gods. Every morning tell him thank you for your kindness. And every evening rejoice in all his faithfulness. Now, one of the things that if, you're, if you attend this church, you know that we have been talking a lot about the seven habits of a serious Christ follower. And the very first habit is this habit of walking with God on a daily basis. Look what we see here in the psalmist. We see that this psalmist it includes as a part of his daily ritual, his daily habit in walking with God, he, he starts the day giving thanks to God, and he ends the day giving thanks to God. So in the morning, he's thanking God for his kindness, and then by evening, he's rejoicing in God's faithfulness. Now, here's what you and I need to understand. If your faith is flat and your Christianity has lost its zip, its pizzazz, if, you're, if you find yourself not as excited about your faith as you have been in the past, I would say that pro- this, this may be the missing piece in your Christian experience. Is that you have forgotten to focus on God and recognize God's faithfulness, God's goodness to you. You have forgotten that God is sovereign, that he's in charge, and so therefore your experience, your relationship with God has fallen flat. And there's a reason for that. It's because God is your father, and by very, by, by very definition of father, his job is to take care of you and to help you and meet your needs. But if you do not recognize that, if you fail to see God's hand at work in your life, well, folks, it's very easy then to forget that God is part of your life. And this is where things begin to go flat. So here's what the psalmist says here. It is good to say thank you to the Lord. It's good to say thank you to the Lord. Now, here's the interesting thing, and you can Google this yourself. You can Google the benefits of gratitude. What happens when you and I take time to say thank you, to have a heart of gratitude? It's interesting. Here's what I discovered. Science has proven the benefits of gratitude. For one thing, you will have more energy. 
Those who complain, those who whine, those who do not give thanks are people who are seriously uh, in, 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 a, in a place where they're, they're short on energy, short on strength. They, they just can't, they can't move ahead. Secondly, science has proven that those who give thanks have higher emotional intelligence. When you take time to think through what God has done for you, when you've, got, when you've taken the time to think about how God has helped you and, and you've actually processed the, the process of how God has met your needs, it produces you in you an emotional intelligence. And by the way, when you are emotionally intelligent in your relationship to God, it also affects your relationships with other people. It makes you grateful to the people in your life. And it makes you a kind of person that people want to be with. If you find yourself uh, maybe being a kind of person that people don't want to be with, and yet you find yourself uh, sort of short on friends, could it be, could it be that your emotional intelligence is not as high as you thought it was? And could it be that you are more of a complainer than a person who says thank you? Because here's what I know from my own personal experience, is I am not particularly attracted to whiners and complainers. I don't particularly want to hang out with those kinds of people. Anybody, anybody give me an amen on that one? Yeah, yeah. You just, you just can't take it. You just don't want to be around it. Number four, science has proven that it is good to say thank you because it reduces depression in your life. It takes away that feeling of everything is hopeless, I'm never going to succeed, I'm never going to move ahead, I'm, I'm, I'm a failure. It is good to say thank you to the Lord because it tends to reduce anxiety and worry in your life. So here's the thing, if you are one of those people who struggles with anxiety, who's constantly worried about tomorrow and you're worried about what's going to happen next in your life, then... Take a lesson from the psalmist who says it's good to say thank you to the Lord. Number six, it creates, um, it gets you connected socially. Again, people want to be with people who are positive, people who are encouraging, people who acknowledge and recognize the goodness of God. Number seven, it gives you a better sleep at night. Interesting, isn't it? You don't need more sleeping pills. What you need is to spend some time just worshiping God and giving him thanks. Number eight, it, it boosts your immune system. It actually helps you fight disease. Now, folks, this, what I'm reading to you uh, is not specifically lifted from the Scripture, but here's what you can do is you can actually take these benefits and you can actually find them in the Scriptures if you bother to take the time. And then number nine, those who say thank you, those who express gratitude, tend to have fewer headaches. Now, I, I can't figure that one out, but there it is. Now, scientist uh, Robert Eamon says this, without gratitude, life can be lonely, depressing, and impoverished. Gratitude, rather, enriches human life. It elevates, it energizes, inspires, it transforms, and people are moved, opened, and humbled through expressions of gratitude. So we recognize that when the psalmist says it's good to say thank you to the Lord, there's good reason for that. But there's even more good reason, which you'll see in just a moment. So let's, let's just uh, acknowledge this for a moment. When you take the time 
to worship God and to praise him and to actually think about God's goodness, to think about the reasons why God has been good to you. What happens now, folks, is that you get focused on God and you get your eyes off of your circumstances, off of your problems. Now, some people will say, well, you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm a multitasker. I've got the ability to multitask. Well, the professor at, at the MIT, actually he's a professor of neurosciences at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. Here's what he says. He says that for the most part, we simply cannot focus on more than one thing at a time. He says what we can do is shift our focus from one thing to the next with astonishing speed, but we cannot focus on two things at once. So let the Spirit of God speak to your heart now, because here's, here's what you and I need to learn to do, is that we need to learn to get our eyes completely, 100% focused on God, and I believe that's why the psalmist says he does it in the morning, before the day has begun, before life has hit him, before he has to get focused on other things, and he does it at the end of the day when all the, all the problems and the difficulties and the struggles of the day are over. He takes these times to get focused on God and to begin to recognize the ways that God has been faithful and been involved in his life through the course of the day. Because the fact of the matter is, is that you cannot focus on two things at once. This is why it's extremely difficult to do your devotions, for instance, in the midst of a busy day. It's too hard to get focused. It's too hard to shut out all the problems and the difficulties that you're facing. The only creature I know that can focus on two things at once is a chameleon. Has anybody seen the eyes of a chameleon? They go in separate directions. We call that kind of a, well, we we say that's kind of freakish, don't we? And the fact of the matter is, is that we are not chameleons. We are humans created in the image of God for relationship with him. And what God has called us to do is to focus on him, to hear his voice. Now, here's what I know, is that if you are not focusing on the goodness of God, if you're not focusing 100% on him, then you're probably focusing on your problems. You're probably focusing on, on the demands of people in your life. You may even be one of those people who's focusing on the devil and constantly trying to rebuke him. Now, as a, as, as a boy that grew up in a Pentecostal church, I used to hear that a lot. We need to rebuke the, rebuke the devil, and fine, do that. But the problem with that, too often, is that we get focused on that, and we find ourselves talking to the devil more than we end up talking to God. There's a, a fellow that asked if he could come and speak to uh, our youth group when I was a youth pastor at Charles Wood Temple, which is now Grace Community Church, and he said he wanted to do a rock seminar. I said, what is a rock seminar? He said, well, I'm going to expose the, the current music. I'm going to expose it for what it is. I'm going to show how the devil inspires this music. And, you know, this was the trend then. So I said, as a you know, 21 or 22-year-old, I said, sure, let's do it. This sounds exciting. The youth will love it. And so he came, and he had his slides, the slides of various uh, record albums. Uh, that tells you how old I am. And, you know, the, the, the devil with horns and, and the pitchfork and so on and so forth. And he went on, of course, and talked about backward masking. Anybody remember that? Those days and how there's a, there's a hidden message if you play the record backward. And, and, and you know how it goes. And uh, 
I mean, very passionate about a subject, and you know, talked about how there's there's sex and drugs and alcohol and on and on and on and on and on. And uh, and he did this. He did this for some time. Traveled to various youth groups. I'm sad to say that it wasn't long before his marriage began to fall apart, and he ended up getting a divorce. And it wasn't long after that that he turned his back completely on the, on the Lord. And I'm, 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 not, I'm not telling you this, you know, to sort of um, say, see, I told you so. But I want you to see what happens when you get your focus off of God. We, we end up doing the thing that we're focused on. We, we end up getting wrapped up in the things that we're focused on. One of, uh, one of the interns said to me that he appreciated something that I'd said in a message some weeks ago when I said, don't focus on your sin, focus on the one who's taken away your sin. He said, this was revolutionary for me because what he said was happening in his life is he kept focusing on his problem and kept crying out to God, God, deliver me from this. And it, the focus now is, is his sin and not on those, not on the one who takes away our sin. He said that it has revolutionized his life. Now, he, look what, again at the psalmist, what he's doing here. He's focusing on God, and he's saying, God, there's no problem, no difficulty, no circumstance, no struggle that is too difficult for you. And we see a man living a victorious life. Now, he, he, look, listen to this. Paul, in Romans chapter 8, tells us that we are more than conquerors through Christ. We are more than victorious through Christ. Folks, listen, the only way that you and I are ever going to live and, and, and have that victorious Christian lifestyle is by learning what it is to keep our eyes on Jesus Christ. Daily worship is really focusing on God's faithfulness. Um, the psalmist discovered that as he focused on God's faithfulness, he discovered, in fact, that God really does love him and care about him. And I know some of you here today are struggling with that because you've been through some really hard times. You've gone through some real struggles, and you're saying, man, does God really care about me? Does God really love me? Here's what you need to do. You need to stop and consider the ways that God has been working in your life, especially in the last, in the last four, four or five weeks. Think about that, what's fresh in your mind. Think about how God has been there for you. Think of the people that God has brought in your life to help you. Think of how God has provided and met your needs. Think of how God has orchestrated, or I talk about the choreography of the Holy Spirit. Think of how the Holy Spirit has arranged things for you. And recognize that God really does love you and care about you. That's what worship and gratitude is all about. But even more than that, the psalmist finds his faith boosted. And he recognizes that the God who has promised to take care of him is in fact taking care of him. And here's what he's saying. Look at what God has done for me. And his faith is boosted. Look at this uh, Look at this. Next two verses in Psalm 92. He says, sing his praises, accompanied by music from the harp and the lute and the lyre. You have done so much for me. 
O Lord, no wonder I'm glad. I sing for joy. Now, I want you to to just stop and consider this for a moment. Because you, you get the picture that we're talking about some rather boisterous, energetic kind of worship here. It's loud. It's joyful. It's... It's not the sort of thing that, you know, that it's not sort of just meditating on it, letting it go through your head quietly. It's out loud. I want you to, to, to remember something. De, uh, Paul tells us in, in uh, Galatians that the fruit of the Spirit is, in fact, many things, which includes joy. Now, the evidence that, that the Spirit of God is at work in your life is that you do have that joy, the joy of the Lord. The evidence that God is working in you is that you do praise the Lord, that you are glad. So how do you get that? How do you, how do you allow the Spirit of God to develop this joy and this gladness in your heart? Well, again, the psalmist tells us it's about being grateful. It's about praising God. Now, I'm going to say, for those of you who are introverted and those of you who are a little bit reserved, this, this passage of Scripture may be a little bit intimidating because the last thing you want is to be praising God out loud because you're not, it's not your personality type. You're quiet. You're reserved. You're, you would rather just say, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. God is good. And you're very serious about it. The psalmist tells us that we need to do it loudly. We need to do it boisterously. We need to get excited about it. We need to play the drums. We need to play the harp, the lute, the lyre. Play whatever you can. Make noise. I loved that one Sunday when uh, a fellow came to church who was a little bit challenged, uh, mentally challenged, and he pulled out his, his harmonica, and he was so excited about what was going on on the platform, so excited about the worship, he decided he was going to join in with his harmonica. And he got playing so loud that everybody just sort of stopped listening and sort of watched him. Now, it, it was a distraction, I must, I must admit. But for him, he had experience with God that morning like he'd never had before. I had to tell him, uh, you know what? I'm so glad that you can play a harmonica. Well, he could play a harmonica his way. There wasn't any discernible tune there. But I said, what you need to do is you need to do that every day in your own home. Because the joy you're feeling here right now, you can have it every day in your own home. He said, I never knew that. I said, you don't have to do that just on Sundays. You can do it in your own home. Now, let the Spirit of God speak to your heart this morning because for some of us, the only time that we sing a worship song, the only time that we ever get excited about the Lord is when we come to church on Sunday. For the psalmist, this was a daily experience of shouting out loud and praising God. Now, why do we need to do that? Why do we need to do it with energy? Why do we need to do it loudly? I'll tell you why. Because life is loud. Life is demanding. Life is negative. It's either your kids are screaming and yelling and demanding things from you, your spouse, your boss, your neighbors. You turn the news on, it's, it's negative. I mean, you just can't seem to, to escape it. And the next thing you know, man, you are down in the dumps and you just think, well, why bother? Why even bother? Your troubles, your fears... And your worries, they're so loud, they drown out life for you. And uh, 
The fact of the matter is, is that people rarely will offer you words of praise or words of encouragement or words of gratitude. So what you need to do, folks, is you need to encourage yourself in the Lord. You need to get into the presence of God. And folks, I want to just say, one of the reasons why I love our elders is because every one of them is an encourager. Every one of them does not sort of fit the stereotype of most human beings. I especially am blessed because they encourage me constantly. They tell me they're praying for me. I went in this morning to the, into one of the offices, and there was Don and Tom. And I said, hey, guys, how are you doing? Just, uh, uh, just glad to see you this morning. And here's what they did. They said, Pastor Allen, just, we want you to know how much we appreciate you. And before I could make another move, the two of them put their arms around me. They trapped me. And, they, and then they prayed for me and just prayed God's blessing upon my life. And I thought, wow, God, thank you so much for these men. But this is, this, is, this is a rare experience for most of us. What you and I need to do is we need to get into the presence of God and allow the Holy Spirit to do for us what we need. And that's to allow the Holy Spirit to encourage us when I was a youth pastor, uh, after my father-in-law had retired and it was between pastors, I was, I was really overwhelmed. I was only in my early to mid-20s. I was discouraged and things were difficult and uh, I, I was just plain overwhelmed. Some of you remember my stories of how I lost my bumpers, uh, so distracted. I was, I was, a, I was a, a menace on the road, not on purpose, but I was so distracted and I just found myself one day just feeling especially, especially overwhelmed. And I had to go to Estevan, Saskatchewan to be part of a, 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 a wedding and to actually perform the wedding. And I'm driving along and I'm complaining to God and saying, God, you know, I've given my whole life to you. You know, just telling God how wonderful I am and, and just how he's, you know, sort of, you know, dropping the ball. Anybody ever do that with God? Just, God, you're dropping the ball. Don't you know what you're doing up there? And you start giving God instructions and telling him how to do his job. And that's kind of what I was doing. And, um, and, and has anybody ever had, a, a, had God do a two-by-four to the head kind of thing? Yeah, so that's what happened to me. And he reminded me that he's sovereign. He, he created the heavens and the earth. And... Uh, he, he rules the universe, and uh, so actually he really does quite know what he's doing. And uh, I found myself just sort of stunned and quiet before God. It was just a, just a quiet time with God. And then the Lord reminded me of this passage of Scripture that we're reading this morning. The importance of worshiping him and praising him and acknowledging his faithfulness. And so what I did is I turned on some music, uh, some, some great worship and praise music. I think it was I think maybe uh, Keith Green. Some of you may remember that from the 1980s. And um, some Maranatha praise music. I don't know if you remember those. There was a whole series. I think there was 13 or 14 of them. And I cranked it up, and I'm singing my heart out, and I'm just feeling the burden lifted and, and, and suddenly realizing God is sovereign. He's in charge, and all the things that I'm discouraged and worried and anxious about are all things that he's got control of. And, and as I'm worshiping and singing out loud at the top of my lungs, I got the windows down, the wind's blowing, and you get the picture. I'm, it's an energetic, boisterous praise. 
praising of the Lord, and my foot is on the gas pedal, and uh, I'm going down the, I'm praising the Lord, I'm uh, at full speed ahead down the highway, and um, there's an RCMP officer. <laughs> and he pulled me over, and he said, do you know how fast you're going? I said, uh, no, <laughs> I, I don't. He goes, why not? <laughs> How do I explain this one? Well, actually, uh, uh, he said, well, where are you going? I said, well, um, I'm a pastor. He goes, <laughs> he's experienced this before. I said, I'm on my way to Estevan to, to uh, do a wedding ceremony. And... Uh, he says, uh, are you late? <laughs> uh, no, I'm not late, but I was just uh, singing some songs and just got quite excited about it. Now, I wish I could tell you there's a happy ending to this story. <laughs> uh, he gave me a ticket, and he said, uh, he said I-, I want you to enjoy your, the rest of the journey down. He says, but go a little slower, and this will be a reminder uh, that when you sing and praise God, uh, do it a little, little slower. <laughs> I want to tell you something. You know what? Getting that ticket, that was the second ticket I ever had in my life. Um, it didn't make me angry. I wasn't, I wasn't upset about it at all. Because I discovered something. I just, it, was a, it was a rather costly uh, and expensive lesson. But I discovered something. I discovered that when I focus on the Lord, when I put him first... When I'm prepared and willing to worship him with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, with all my strength, I discovered that nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. Nothing is so discouraging. Nothing can get me down. Now, let the Spirit of God speak to you right now, because I know that some of you right now are really, really struggling. I know that you're going through a real difficult time. And... God's not necessarily going to take away that, that bad thing in your life. There's, there's some preachers that will preach that, that, that God only wants you to only have good things happen to you all the time. It just, it, that's, that's not the reality of living on planet Earth. You are going to face difficulties. There are things that you are facing and you will face. God will not necessarily take those things away. But here's what I do know is that God is going to go through every single one of those problems and difficulties with you. God is going to go through every single challenge that you're facing. You don't have to do it alone. And not only is God going to be with you, but he's going to give you the courage so that in the midst of the disappointment and the struggle and the speeding tickets and every other problem that you may be facing, he'll be there and he's going to give you joy. No wonder I'm glad, the psalmist says. No wonder. There's people that look at Christians and think, man, what a strange bunch of people. Always smiling, always happy. Or would they say that about you? Or would they say, I wonder if the God he says he worships, I wonder if, the, I wonder if he even, if that God does anything for them. This morning, um, I'm going to ask you to do something this week. Try an experiment, and then hopefully it'll become a habit. When you end the day, 
If you're married, if you're in the day, talk to your spouse and tell your spouse the things you're thankful for. And in the morning when you wake up tomorrow, stop and say, God, thank you. And give him thanks. This morning when I came to church, it was dark and it was cold and miserable. I left the house early, very early in the morning. And I felt tired. I've been a little bit sick. And Gloria's dad's been a little bit sick lately. And just a whole host of things. And I felt, oh, and here we go again. Another, another day, another service. And feeling, you know, really feeling overwhelmed a little bit. And um, I, I found myself stopping and considering what I'm speaking about this morning. It's always good when the pastor practices what he preaches, right? So I said, God, I'm just going to stop right now and just begin to recognize how good you've been to me. And I began to, to think about his, his kindness, his faithfulness. And I can tell you, even though I went to bed feeling sick and didn't feel good when I woke up this morning, I can tell you this. By the time I came out these doors and prepared to speak to you this morning, my heart has been encouraged in the Lord. And I can tell you, today I am glad. I'm glad. What about you? Are you glad? Have you got faith? Are you trusting God? Do you know that God is faithful and he cares about you and he's not going to let you down? He's not going to let you down. But you've got to get focused on him. And you've got to give him an opportunity. Give him the opportunity to help you through whatever it is that you're going through. And I can guarantee you this, he's going to get you through. You're going to get through. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. You're going to get through it with a smile on your face and joy in your heart because God really is sovereign. He really is in charge. I just want to close with this because I, I, I don't want you to just walk away from here this morning and sort of recapping with your friends a story about how the pastor got a speeding ticket. I want you to go away actually doing this, living this out. And here's what, I'm, here, here's what I'm asking you to do. This is going to sound kind of silly, but if you're a family or a couple, you went with a group of friends today, does anybody remember the, the game Punch Buggy No Return? Yeah, you remember that? So whenever you saw a VW bug, you got to punch somebody and say, Punch Buggy No Return. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to put a spin on that. And if the people you're with today say something negative, anything negative, I give you permission to punch them. <laughs> but punch them in love. <laughs> Just say, punch buggy, no return. Now, here's the thing. If we would do that for each other, uh, I think we, would, we could really, uh, really change the way that we function. Don't you think? And change the way we speak. Try it with your family. Your kids will have a ball. They'll be punching the daylights out of your parents. <laughs> It's hard to discipline your kids with a positive spin. But try that. And if that's too intimidating for you, when you're sitting around the table, maybe at your meal time or just sitting in the living room or whatever you're doing tonight, try this little exercise. Just go around the circle and say something you're thankful for. And just keep going until you can't think of any more. See how many times, how many revolutions you can make, how many times you can go around the circle. Here's what you will discover. You'll discover yourself laughing, having fun. You'll have the opportunity to connect with the people that you're with. 
Most of us are busy on our phones, on our electronic gadgets, and we're all alone. And but try, try, try talking to a human being and see what happens. Watch how your heart will be encouraged. Now, on a more serious note, I want, here's what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to, to include in your daily habit of walking with God this special time of giving him thanks, of acknowledging his faithfulness to you. And you will be amazed, you'll be surprised, you'll be thrilled, you'll be delighted at how your heart changes and how your mind changes. You will find yourself smiling in a way that you haven't smiled for a while. It'll make your friends suspicious. (laughs) You'll find yourself seeing the good in things rather than the negative. You will find yourself speaking positively, and actually you will find yourself thinking of other people before yourself. Why? Because it's when you are grateful, it's when you are giving thanks to God that you most reflect God. Would you stand with me, please, as we pray? Father, thank you for your presence here, and thank you, God, for your word. We, we read in your word this morning, it is good to give thanks to the Lord. It is good to sing praises to God. So, Father, as the psalmist says, every morning we want to tell you that we're thankful for your kindness. And every evening, God, we want to rejoice in your faithfulness. Give us the courage, give us the strength, we pray, to actually live out this Christian life that we, that we profess. For so many of us, God, our Christian life is, is sort of limited to Sunday morning. But we pray, God, that it be part of our daily routine, our day-to-day living, our day-to-day life. So we thank you this morning, Father. We thank you for your goodness to us. We thank you for your provision. We thank you that we have a place to come and worship. We thank you, O oh God, for our brothers and sisters in Christ who help us through this life. We thank you, O oh God, that your provision in this country is so rich. God, we pray, fill our hearts with gratitude, especially this season, and may it become our habit. We pray that in Jesus' name. Everyone said it? Now tell the person beside you, give thanks to the Lord for he's good.